Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here with a replay episode for you. So if you're brand new to the YouTube Power Hour podcast and you have a YouTube channel or you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel or you want to expand your business and influence online using YouTube, then this is a podcast for you. And for my returners, welcome back. This is a replay episode because I take a little bit of a break in between seasons to focus on my boot campers that are in the Zero to Influence YouTube boot camp. And for those of you that are new, that is my boot camp where I help women find clarity with their purpose on YouTube and help them discover their best selves. So they bring their best, most unique, most magnetic self to camera. So my philosophy with YouTube is we build your YouTube channel from the inside out. So if you are interested in joining the bootcamp, I am going to be running another one in 2019. Date will be released. And if you want information on that, you can head to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp. But in the meantime, I am replaying some of the favorites for you guys so that if you're new, you can get introduced to the podcast. And if you're returning, some of these are some of the best episodes, most downloaded. So you get a chance to listen to the amazing goodness all over again. So one big ask that I asked of you guys is my big goal for 2019 is to be one of the top 10 marketing podcasts and business podcasts on iTunes. But I need your help. I know a lot of you guys love the podcast and you share it, but I need your help to get even bigger and better so that I can do more things with the podcast. So if you are on Instagram, share it in your stories, share it in your posts, tag me, tell a friend, tell Facebook groups. If you write for a blog, mention it there and help the YouTube Power Hour podcast get to the top 10 so that I can bring lots of big things for you guys. But still, I have some amazing guests that are lined up for you guys already. I'm super pumped. Going to be recording all new episodes. So hang tight for the new episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, leave a review if you haven't before. That also helps with the ranking on iTunes and helping more and more people discover this podcast. Enjoy the interview. So our guest for this week is blogger and YouTuber Angela Lanter. So here's her bio, and then we'll get into the interview. Angela was born and raised in Northeast Ohio, and at the age of 15, took her first job as a hairstylist and makeup artist working at a small salon, giving makeovers for glamour photos. While in college, she continued to pursue her love of beauty by freelancing for proms, weddings, and other special events. After being pushed to get a real job, Angela began a seven-year career in the insurance industry, eventually working her way up to a fraud investigator. Never forgetting her passion, Angela continued to sharpen her beauty skills by watching YouTube tutorials at night for inspiration. In 2011, Angela relocated to Los Angeles, California to be with her now husband, actor and star of NBC's show Timeless, Matt Lanter. After many years of watching and learning, it was time to start creating on her own. In February of 2013, Angela launched Hello Gorgeous and her subsequent YouTube channel in October. By December, Angela Lanter was named as an official Pop Sugar Select blogger and was featured as a number one shop style lay down campaign blogger. Recognizing her passion for Hello Gorgeous, Angela left her career to become a full-time blogger. She has also enjoyed giving makeovers and helping women feel their most beautiful, which inspired her to create Hello Gorgeous. 
Angela is the first ever winner of the Pop Sugar Select Spotlight Award for 2014. Well, I had a lot of fun talking to Angela. Angela knows her stuff in this industry. Uh, she has a really successful blog and a YouTube channel and an Instagram account. So she's really got it covered on all bases. And she gave some amazing tips for all of those platforms. So you can find the show notes of all the things that we talk about at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Angela Lanter. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Mwah. Well, hello, Angela. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being on. I'm so glad to have you and a fellow pregnant person. Also, congratulations. <laughs> thank you and congratulations to you. Thank you. Probably by the time people are listening to this, I, I will already have given birth. So, <laughs> but well, um, I hope everything goes very smoothly for you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to have you on because, you know, you do have a YouTube channel, but you did start off as a blogger and mm-hmm. I have a lot of people listening that are bloggers. Um, they have a blog. And so I do want to definitely talk about that as well. So, you know, the first thing that I always ask everybody that comes on the show is, what inspired you to get started online? For you, it was your blog. So why did you start blogging? Honestly, it was because of my girlfriends. Um, I, well, let me back that up. When I first moved out to California, because I'm from LA and I moved out, I'm not from LA, I'm from Ohio. <laughs> and when I moved out to LA, it was to be with my husband. Um, at the time he was, uh, you know, my boyfriend soon after my fiance. And, um, I started a blog and it was something silly. I don't even know what it was called because I always had this desire to maybe write, maybe connect. I'm not really sure what, what my desire was, but it was to create content, but I didn't really know what that meant because it was back before, like I even knew what a blog really was. And so I started one and I didn't do anything with it. And then speed ahead to January, or it was like January of 2013 my husband and I were planning our wedding because we got married in June of 13 and my girlfriends would come over and I was doing so much Pinterest because mm. that was like in yeah, the wedding. Mi- yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm in the wedding mindset, but that's also when Pinterest was really like taking off. Mm-hmm. And so I was fully consumed with anything Pinterest recipes, DIYs, you name it. And they would come over and they'd be like, why are you not blogging? Like you do all of these things. And I was also a freelance makeup artist for years, um, mm-hmm. back home in Ohio. And even when I came to LA, I, I dabbled a little bit as well. And they're like, you, you know, like you need to be doing something like this because you, you like to create fun things and you should be sharing them. And I was like, yeah, you know, that could be fun, whatever. And my husband's like, no, I think that they're onto something. Let's do this. So he always had a passion for photography. It was an excuse for him to uh, break out his camera and kind of get used to it. We snapped some photos and he helped me come up with the name Hello Gorgeous. And it kind of just was born from there. But we did it for a hobby. Like it was like my hobby because I was working full time as a fraud investigator for an insurance company at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Big shift. Big shift. Um, and, uh, but I always, my, my heart's desire was always to be in the beauty space. Mm. Always. My dad would never let me go to beauty school because Mm. living in Ohio, he's like, what are you going to do, you know, with a a beauty license in Ohio? Cause you can't really, there's not a demand for makeup artists there. You know, it's not the same as it is like in the big metropolitan cities, like in New York and LA where you can like, I mean, there's so much work there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in Ohio, which now in Cleveland, like they're actually filming stuff there. So mm. it's a little bit more of an opportunity, but, um, 
yeah, so I just, I always had this desire to, to do something with beauty, but never had the uh, opportunity to do something with it. So that was, you know, it was kind of like a, it was just a natural path for us to open this blog, start this blog. And it was just fun for me to do. So that's really how it was born. I love the name. It's so cute. Hello, gorgeous. Thank you. My Honestly, I owe that to my husband. He came up with it. Really? Yeah, he did. He totally oh did. What year was this when you started the blog, you said? January of 2013. Okay. So did you, you start it and just kind of like posted weekly or how often would you post? Honestly, whenever I thought about it, because I was planning a wedding, mm. I was working full time. I was planning a wedding in California and all like probably 90% of our wedding party was coming from out of state. Oh, so we're worried. And like, oh, I, I would say probably 90% of our wedding guests were also coming from out of state. So it was just like, we had so much on our plate. So I couldn't have launched it at a worse time, really. And I think I even took a break for like several months. Um, so then we got married in June, mm-hmm. a couple weeks before our wedding, my husband booked a show cause he was on a show and it ended. He's an actor and, um, he booked another show and it was going to film in New Orleans. And oh. so, <laughs> yeah. And so, so we were move. like, at, yeah, we were at this crossroads of, okay, does Ange stay in LA and continue her career with, um, in, in the fraud field or what do I do? And it was just, didn't feel right for us to get married and then separate on two parts, basically two ends of the country. Yeah. Because how long was he set to film there? At that time, we knew at least six months. Yeah. You don't want to get married and then split up like that. No, (laughs) no. So it was, it wasn't even really a question. We, I, I didn't, I loved my job. I really did, but I loved being, you know, the, the prospect of being his wife more. Yeah. So I quit my job. We packed up. We moved to California or to uh, New Orleans from California. And after we got there, he's like, you know, like, why don't we do this blog thing for real? Like, just see what happens, put some time into it, see how it develops. And so we did. And honestly, we didn't think that it would become necessarily a job or anything because back then, which there were some serious bloggers at that point. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong but not like there are now. It's totally different now, the the landscape of blogging than it was, you know, five years ago almost. And so you say we, so is the, was the blog is like something from the two of you guys or were, no. you, were you more the face and then he helped oh, on the totally back or, yeah. He just shot all of my photos for me. Mm. Um, 100% of my photography is done by him. Still? Uh, yeah, still mm. he does. Unless he's filming on something, then we'll hire you know, a photographer to mm-hmm. step in and, and do what we need. But for the most part, he, he is my photographer. That's so nice. Oh my God. My husband's yeah. like the worst photographer. Like I'm lucky <laughs> if he gets my whole head in. No, no joke. Um, that's so <laughs> nice. So what were you posting? You know, when you first started, when you were still in LA and working, like what, what were you thinking? Like what I'm, what, you know, I'm going to have a blog about mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. What was kind of your your whole purpose of the blog? It was honestly lifestyle. It was a little bit of like everything that I love. I love, as I've said, beauty. I love Mm -hmm. fashion and I loved cooking and DIY. So when you go back to my early posts, which please don't do that. They're really embarrassing. embarrassing. But um, it was just a combination of everything that I loved, which were those things. And, um, you know, the focus, I think from the very beginning has always been, the primary focus has always been uh, beauty. Mm -hmm. But then those, you know, I also... I love everything else. So it would just all get kind of like sprinkled in there. Um, there wasn't like, I, I didn't set out with a mission that we're only going to do one thing and one thing only. 
because I feel like, you know, just having only one thing that you're ever writing about just limits you so much, not to mention, like, I have other things that I'm passionate about, too. So why not talk about everything that I'm passionate about, you know? Definitely. And then so when you guys moved to New Orleans, you quit your job. So you're kind of like, well, might as well, might as well do this blogging thing. Yeah. Had you, between the time that you started your blog and when you moved to New Orleans, had you seen any successes at all with your blog? Did anything happen to kind of generate some traffic? Not really, honestly, if I'm being totally honest, because it was so new. Um, and I took such a, a breather in between to actually you know, finish planning a wedding, get married. Yeah. It was once I got to New Orleans and I actually started putting some time into it and learning about like the whole affiliate marketing and mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, who I want to be with to, to work with the affiliate links and like just learning everything on the back end of stuff and like hiring somebody to do a design of my blog. Because up until that point, like I had just done a, you know, a janky little yeah. like logo kind of thing. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was just flying by the seat of my pants. But like once I took it seriously and really, you know, put some solid time in there and started to get on a schedule of when I was going to post, that's when things started to to take shape. Um, we moved there, uh, I believe, July of 2013. By September of 2013, um, we launched my YouTube channel mm-hmm. and um, that went hand in hand with my blog. But I ended up winning that fall the uh, Pop Sugar Select uh, Blogger of the Year Award. Um, which was a huge, uh, accomplishment. I felt like in my mind, because I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here and I'm winning an award. Like that's so stinking cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but really, you know, that period between, you know, January to June, July was, there wasn't a whole lot of movement from me because of personally just what I had going on in my life. When you're moving cross country like that and getting married and everything like that, it was just, too much to even like think about like, okay, I'm going to also blog about this at the same time. So, which I see bloggers all the time now who are able to juggle all of that and still run a successful business. And it just blows my mind because I'm just like, I need some of that. I need to figure out what it is that you got and I need you to bottle it and give it to me (laughs) because I know how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, uh, but that's great though. Like, you know, it sounded like you really kind of started focusing on the blog once you moved to New Orleans, like I did. summer of 2013, like, you know, yep. July, August-ish. And so uh, what did you, like specifically, what did you do differently at that time when you were 100% focused on it? So when we got there and um, just decided to kind of buckle down, we got just more on a schedule. And when I say we, I, I mean that in because my husband was filming um, mm. constantly and anyone who knows anybody in the entertainment industry, their schedules are just insane. So mm. we would literally, he'd be on nights and he would get up to go to, you know, go to shift and I would be getting ready, like throwing on an outfit, throwing on makeup or whatever. Cause I knew he had to be out the door in 20 minutes and we would give ourselves five minutes to go somewhere and shoot photos oh just God. so that I could have content. And I was completely dependent on him to take photos because I was living in a city that I didn't know anybody, you know? Mm. And, um, I just got more consistent about the posts and I got more creative with my posts too. So like, if you look at my early stuff, like there would be posts that had no photography within at all that it would be talking about like a, you know, I, whatever it may be, maybe it was a TV show. Maybe it was Pinterest about things Mm. I've been seeing on Pinterest that I felt like have been trending lately. I just got very creative and, and just started to build, I, I think, I believe my, 
my most loyal audience because some of those people are still with me today. I call them my, my OGs, my original yeah. gorgeous girls. Um, and because I call my followers my gorgeous girls because hello, gorgeous. I yeah, just always thought it was really cute. Um, and I, I think it was because it, at that time it was kind of giving me the opportunity to kind of learn how to, how to write a little bit, you know, mm. because I feel like so much of fashion blogging nowadays has been diluted to just photos and this is what I'm wearing and this is, this the, is like the, the link to what I'm wearing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not hating on that because that works for some people. But for me, I just always wanted more, um, more for lack of a better word, girth to mm-hmm. my, to my content. Cause yeah. I just, wanted, I wanted there to be substance there, you know? And I think that that time that I, that I was really kind of just like figuring out who I was, uh, blogger wise and what my blog really was and what the content was going to be. I think that, that those first few months in new Orleans, like when I really got to hone in and focus on that, that's really when all of that started to come together for me. And it made sense as to what I wanted to do with it kind of thing. So then what made you decide to like enter into this pop sugar contest? It wasn't even a contest. They just Mm. selected me. It was the craziest thing. They found you? Yeah. So, well, I was, um, I had been signed up with pop sugar and shop style because of the affiliate link Mm -hmm. side of things. And, um, yeah, they just completely selected me out of the bloggers that were signed up to work with them. Wow. Was it based on, you were signed up for them with, for affiliate links, right? Or. Well, at that time, which it still is now pop sugar and shop style are independent of each other. Mm -hmm. Back then, Pop Sugar owned ShopStyle, which they don't anymore. They're two different companies. Okay. Um, so I was signed up with ShopStyle to for affiliate links and also RewardStyle at the same time. Um, two different companies. They're actually competitors. Yeah. But I was also signed up with Pop Sugar because Pop Sugar um, has Select. They have Pop Sugar Moms. They have Pop Sugar uh, fitness. They have like all of these different. Um, I, I love Pop Sugar because it's just a really great place. And they do a great job of helping um, bloggers get out there and pumping them out in newsletters and things like that. So I've just been with them since the very beginning. Mm. Uh, And they just have always been very good to me, you know, about, you know, come specifically Halloween time because Halloween's so big for me. But they're really good about at Halloween, like pumping out my, my content to their newsletters and stuff like that. So I highly recommend any blogger to, to check into signing up to be a pop sugar select blogger. Yeah. That's the, and can anybody apply? As far as I know, I mean, this is like almost five years ago, yeah. there might be certain parameters at this point. Like you ha- might have to have X amount of unique visitors per month or X amount of social media followers. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is the case, I'm unaware of it, but at the time, I don't think that any of those parameters were in place. And what do they serve as like a network? Yeah, but you're not exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they don't, don't present take... you or anything like that. Yeah. No, no. It's just a place that, you know, you can join up, and I guess, interactively. And it's you can put the badge on your website that you're a Pop Sugar Select blogger. And then um, they can bring you opportunities, you know, sponsored opportunities when when you fit the the bill for what it is mm-hmm. that they're trying to cast for. Um, but like I said, what they're really good about is they send out, um, community newsletters to the people who follow pop sugar and they blast out their bloggers to their readers. And I think that that's just a really great organic way to get your name out there. 
Yeah, that's really, that's really fantastic. So why do you think, or did you get feedback as to why you were selected to be the blogger of the year? You know, honestly, this is so long ago that I don't really recall what the, what the guidelines are. I have to look it up and read it to you, honestly, because I don't (laughs) even remember. It was so long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe it had something to do with the growth that I experienced in the first, um, it wasn't even the first year, I guess the first like six to nine months of my opening my blog and my Mm -hmm. social media. And this was like when Instagram was really just starting to come on the scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that that really had everything to do with it. Also, they, um, I think that they uh, gave that to me based off of my content. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I remember, uh, I think it was that fall, I created some sort of DIY that they really uh, pumped out on their newsletter. And I was really thankful for that press. Mm. But there, um, I think that it was a combination of those two things. But I'm just racking my brain here. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so then, you know, you got selected to be the pop sugar blogger. So did things change for you at that point when they selected you? Like, did you get a lot more traffic to your blog? And did it, did it change kind of your course? I- you know what? Honestly, I, I probably did because mm-hmm. I remember being put all over their website and things mm-hmm. like that, which was just really exciting. But for me personally, it was just a moment of recognition and that like, I'm doing something here that people are taking notice of. And maybe this is more than just a hobby. Maybe I can actually turn this into something. And it just, it was just like a, a just a moment of reassurance that like, okay, like I'm not just sitting here you know, writing blog posts for nobody to look at. Like people actually are reading it. People actually are responding. Mm -hmm. And that was a good feeling for me. And honestly, at that time, that probably meant so much more to me than having some sort of accolade. Like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it to you (laughs) other than just to say like, it was just a boost of confidence for me. And I feel like I just really needed that. Like validation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was doing. So when somebody comes along and says, hey, you're doing a good job. We're going to give you an award. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe maybe I do kind of know what I'm doing a little bit here. Maybe I am doing something right. Well, especially because you took the leap to basically do this full time. So it's like you're even more vulnerable to like, oh my God, did I make the right decision? I just had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yeah, it just, it did feel, it just felt really good. And you know, I wish that that more bloggers who were just like really putting their heart and soul out there just had the opportunity to have somebody just reach out and say, you're doing a great job. And this is exactly what you should be doing and where you should be at right now, because the, our market is just so oversaturated mm-hmm. right now with with bloggers that it's like there. But there are so there's there are, you know, like a handful or maybe several handfuls of bloggers who just really shine and I just wish there was a way for somebody to like go through and say, you know what, you're doing this thing right. Yeah. Yeah. He did that for me. And it was just so meaningful because obviously here I am almost five years later still talking still about doing it. it. So. Yeah. And, then, and, and that's, I mean, that's really, that's really great. It's like, it's really good to get that, that validation. So at, at that time, where was most of your, like, how were people finding you? Was it mainly just through Pop Sugar or like how, how were people finding your blog? Well, so I'm a little bit different than your average blogger and that I'm technically celebrity adjacent and that my husband's an actor and he already had this built-in audience. Mm. So I was super blessed with the fact that he already had this audience who was interested in him and in his life. So when we got married, you know, they would trickle over to me and not that like a huge portion of them did at all because 
I wish I could say that was the case, but there was a certain portion that did. Mm-hmm. And so I already had that little bit of boost from the beginning mm-hmm. with his following, which was really great because they were exactly my demographic because the girls who watched 90210 are the girls who were, would be interested in the things that I would be blogging about. Beyond that, I honestly believe that my biggest um, source of traffic was Pinterest. Mm. I think that Pinterest is so important for bloggers. And I think that it's so underused and underrated. And I personally feel like it is just so important. Yeah, I'm a big Pinterest advocate. I've had a couple episodes, um, actually, maybe just one (laughs) um, on the show, all dedicated to Pinterest. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I should have more Uh, I mean, if you think bloggers don't utilize it, I mean, YouTubers definitely do not utilize it. Oh my gosh. I put every YouTube video I have on Pinterest. I'm just such a believer in it. Oh, I I am too. I mean, once I started uh, posting my... because technically I have a blog. I have a blog too. I have a podcast, but I also have the website, which is a blog. And so once Mm -hmm. I started actually actively doing Pinterest with my website, with each episode and blog post, Mm -hmm. I saw a huge jump in traffic. And I'd say now for me, like 80% of my web traffic is actually from Pinterest, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So when did you start using Pinterest with your blog? Oh, right away. Oh, okay. right away. Because I was such a Pinterester anyways. Oh, that's right. You said that. Yeah. 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 So it was just like an organic, like I never even opened up a second Pinterest when I opened my blog. I just used my I did personal too. account. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you already have a built-in audience, audience there, no matter yeah. how small it is, even if it's like a hundred followers, those are still a hundred people who are already following and already, you know, mm-hmm. loving what you're doing. So like, why not just go ahead and, and use what you've already created? Plus you keep all of your pins. So it's yeah. like a lot yeah. of hard earned work there. <laughs> a lot of hard earned hours of scouring Pinterest. Yeah, my gosh. So, um, but I actually now, which I know I'm jumping ahead, but now I actually have a virtual assistant that I work with who specifically only works on my Pinterest. She works on nothing else for me, only my Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And um, she designs pins because I am just not a graphic designer. I'm not good at it. But that's what she does is she specifically makes me um, specialized pins for every post that I do and every YouTube video. And I have seen such a, an amazing response by bringing her on and having her help me with that. How long has she been helping you with your Pinterest? Um, let's see. I would say that I've had her on now for about six months and um, I share her with two of Yeah. I share her with two of my other really good girlfriends who are also bloggers Mm -hmm. and they have had the exact same response. Um, I have a girlfriend who's actually a podcaster and she uses her and she's the one who found, um, our virtual assistant. And it's just the amount of traffic that she has gained, you know, on YouTube and, and I'm sure her podcast as well. It's just amazing. So I, I just think that it's so under discussed, underrated, underused Pinterest. Yeah. So what? So how do you use Pinterest now with each new blog post and each new video? Like take us through kind of like the process of like where Pinterest fits in with that. Honestly, now that I have an assistant, like I just shoot her. I don't even have to do anything with it anymore because she just steps in. But what she does for me is she creates a custom pin for every blog post that I do. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of, um, so I t- I touched on this just, you know, briefly a moment ago, but like, I, I really like to talk about like topics on my blog. Like I don't, I, I don't just like post a bunch of outfit photos 
typically. And then just say, here's what I'm wearing. And then that's the end of the post. I try to put like an article in there too, um, which since I've kind of changed my style, because I started to get, I'm I'm getting off on a tangent. I'm sorry about that. But um, somewhere between when I launched and then somewhere between about maybe a year ago, I realized that my, my content started to me, it started to feel really watered down. Mm. I started to do that. Hey guys, here's what I'm wearing. Here are the links. Have Mm -hmm. a good day. Yada, yada, yada. Hey guys, here's my video. This is the makeup that I'm wearing. Like, cause I would just put my, my video on my blog and link everything. And I'm just like, I, I personally am not feeling fulfilled by what I'm creating here. I feel like I'm not connecting with my followers and I feel like I'm not giving them anything to take away from here, from this post. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just did a, had a, maybe a come to Jesus with myself and said like, I don't want to do it this way anymore. I want to go back to what I wanted to do in the first place. And I want to create a space content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to create a space where my followers can come and they can connect with me and they can connect with each other and, you know, discuss things. So I, I did that about, I don't know. I, I think I, the shift I, I made about a year ago and I launched something called girl talk Tuesdays and, um, with girl talk Tuesdays every Tuesday and which I'm, I don't do it every single week because I put a lot of time into writing my pieces now. So I don't write posts every single day, but I try to do a few a week and girl talk Tuesdays. I attack topics for women, just the girl talk things that other bloggers aren't talking about from everything from what it's like to be a woman with small, small breasts and how that's a, how that's beneficial because, you know, society so many times tells us that, you know, you need to have these big, huge, voluptuous breasts. And I <laughs> just was never blessed with that. <laughs> yeah. So I just was like, I just did a, an entire post about like what, you know, these are the benefits for having small boobs and it's mm-hmm. okay. Or like talking about cramps or headaches or anything. So I, and now my um, virtual assistant who handles my Pinterest, she will take the content from that post and she will turn one of the photos because I will put my own imagery in with, with these posts and she will put graphics on it so that they're easily um, searchable on Pinterest so that, you know, for instance, um, let's say cramps, like hacks for cramps. So there'll be a photo and it'll be a cute, you know, like whatever I'm wearing. I'll say it's a cute outfit. I hope it's a cute outfit. (laughs) And then it'll put the graphics there that say like nine hacks for period cramps. So like I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. And, um, but then that goes directly to Pinterest. So people who are, you know, searching, Oh, you know, I've got terrible cramps. What's Mm -hmm. something that I can do to knock these out today? Like then that will pop up and the graphics are right there. They're easy to read. They're concise. They're clear. And, um, and it's beautiful imagery because that's what you need on Pinterest is something pretty that stands out and grabs your attention. Um, and so same thing with my, um, my YouTube videos, she grabs screen grabs from my videos and then she throws on some graphics of what it is. You know, if it's a Halloween tutorial, a eyelash tutorial, favorites video, whatever it is. And she throws the graphics on those photos and those screen grabs and puts them up on Pinterest for me right away. So that, um, and then hyperlinks that directly to my YouTube channel, not to my blog. Mm-hmm. So that way that traffic goes directly to YouTube. And then if it's my blog, obviously that would go directly to my blog. So that's, that's how we use Pinterest. So that's interesting. So you basically uh, funnel the traffic for your YouTube videos to YouTube. You don't embed the video in your, uh, in your blog post and send them there. I used to. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, 
it's a catch 22. Like yeah. when we talk to some people, they'll be like, that's terrible. Like you should be sending them to your website because you own that website, yada, yada, yada. And that's true. I believe that, that that's accurate, but I'm thinking I'm coming at it from my perspective of as a Pinterest, um, user, if I click a video, I want to watch the video. I don't want to be taken to a website that shows me where the video is to then have to click out of it to go to YouTube to watch the video. It's just one step that I'm going to potentially, that person's going to potentially lose me and my interest. And I don't want to do that to people. It's just a click fest and it just, I, I don't know. So maybe I, I know that that's not the best way to do it. You should always send them to your website. But for me, I rather just be able them to, to watch it and get that YouTube view because if they're going to want to buy something that I'm wearing or whatever, then they're going to look in the affiliate links in the description bar below, you know? So that's mm -hmm. just how I feel. And then also if they watch my video and they love me and they love what I'm doing, then they're going to go to my blog anyways. Yeah. Or if they don't, they're going to leave. So it's, it is what it is. And so do you find that you do get a good amount of traffic from Pinterest to YouTube? I feel like I do. Yeah. Mm. I don't know the stats right off the top of my head, but especially if it's something that is specific and by specific, I mean something like how to use a beauty blender mm -hmm. that's going to do awesome on Pinterest. Yeah. Whereas if I say summer makeup tutorial, that's a little bit more broad. I'm not going to do as good on Pinterest because that's going to come up with 500,000 other pins. But when it's something specific, Pinterest is my best friend for YouTube. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because a lot of people are not using Pinterest for YouTube and it's something that I I say it's a really underutilized tool that people should be using. Totally. Mm -hmm. And you know, um I don't know the term for this actually, but do you know those pins that are really they're they're one image wide, but they're really long and they'll be like seven images long. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about like that Pinterest style? Yeah, that 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 the long my, um, my, my Pinterest girl, she makes those for me for, for instance, my beauty blender tutorial. I think you could probably go on Pinterest right now and type in Angela Lanter beauty blender or mm -hmm. Angela Lanter, how to use beauty blender. And it'll come up and it's a really, it's probably got seven images and it looks like it's like an infographic basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the infographic. And it shows you how, like from images from my video, how I use it or whatever it may be. Maybe it's a hair tutorial. And then if you click it, it'll take you to that video so you can actually see it in action. I think those are so strong. Yeah. They're such strong performers on Pinterest because it's giving you exactly what to expect from that video. Yeah. And not only that, it's just that you're creating not just a link to your video where people will watch the video and gain value from it, but they're also gaining value from the pin itself. So then pins like that become very shareable and very viral because if you've got all totally. the steps and everything in the pin, I, you know, there's probably a good chunk of people that haven't even clicked onto your video, but they're sharing that pin. They're repinning it like crazy. Yeah. Because that pin itself is very good. So you've got these, you know, two things, you know, in one pin in a way. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just, I think that's a very smart way of doing it. But if I had to sit there and do it, it would take me hours, which is why I hired a virtual assistant to help me with it because she's so good at it. I was going to say, I mean, it's great, but that takes a lot of work to do that. Oh my gosh. She's got it down to an art. Yeah. 
You have to. I mean, yeah. And you have yeah. to be an artist or graphic artist or have that kind of a background totally, to do totally. it. Totally. You know, it's but like, there are things like pick monkey that make it easier. You know, Canva. I have made them before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I make them and, you know, in Canva, you can create a template and all that stuff. So, you know, there's, there's definitely ways to make it easier. And, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, obviously if you have the resources to get like, like get somebody to create your images, like that's amazing. Yeah. Totally. That's going to go really far on, totally. on something like Pinterest. So what percentage of your traffic to your blog and to your YouTube channel do you feel is actually coming from Pinterest? You know, I would have to total, I would have to look that up to, to give you a specific number, but if mm-hmm. I had to guess off the top of my head, I would say somewhere between 10 and 20%. Yeah. Um, which doesn't seem like a huge amount, but to me, that's I mean, approximately ten to twenty percent that I wouldn't be getting. Exactly. I mean, that's 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 solid, especially for YouTube too. I mean, that's that's really that's really good. Do you do you use something, or does your uh, Pinterest girl does she use like uh, Tailwind or yes, any of those? Tailwind? Okay. Yep. Yeah. She's um she does everything through Tailwind, which I've actually learned how to use it too because she's. She kind of made me learn. She kind of made me learn. Yeah. She's like, you know, this is what we're going to be utilizing, but you need to be familiar with it as well. And so I have familiarized myself with it, and it's really a cool tool. Mm-hmm. It's it's very um, ahead of the game, and I haven't met very many people who use it. I use it. It's Do great. you? That's awesome. It's great. I mean, you're the it's... first person that I've met who actually knew what it was. So that's pretty cool. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. And for those of you listening, um, I'm linking all this stuff in the show notes. So the show notes are beauty that beautyinthevlog.com forward slash Angela Lanter, A-N-G-E-L-A-L-A-N-T-E-R. And all this stuff we're talking about, the links, the Tailwind, all that's going to be in the, the show notes. So you can go there. But yeah, Tailwind is great. I mean, it I is. love it. It's amazing. I couldn't do, I personally couldn't do Pinterest without Tailwind. Yeah. It's, um, it, to me, it's been a game changer because now it automatically has the little schedule thing that pops up whenever I'm anywhere and I can just schedule it, pop it in my queue and then worry about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it, I mean, my Pinterest, um, assistant, she has just like completely blown my mind and that you should be pinning during certain hours based off of where your audience is and everything like that. And she does all of that research. So I just pop it in my queue and then she schedules it to go live whenever she knows that my traffic's going to be better. So it's, she's just so numbers wow. driven and she's so smart. And so there's so much on the back end and the, you know, analytically in Pinterest that people don't even pay attention to. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about Facebook though, too. I feel like Facebook's really underutilized and I think it's such a shame. Yeah. So I know. I, I feel like I should utilize Facebook more. I definitely don't, except I have a really great Facebook group. So I feel like, okay, well, I'm in the game in Facebook because I have my Facebook group. But other than that, great. I don't I don't do anything in Facebook. But just, just so people know, um, Tailwind is basically a software, an online software. You do have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And you basically helps to automate your pins. So mm-hmm. the idea is, is like when you get really into Pinterest, you, you need to be pinning a lot and frequently, but a lot mm-hmm. of people can't do that. So you can, like Angela was saying, you could kind of like pin whenever you want and it puts it into a queue and then it spits it out for you later on at very specific mm-hmm. times that you can designate different times or they even come up, they come up with times too that work really good too when it comes to analytics and, totally. and all that stuff. How many times a day and then we'll move on from Pinterest, but how many times a day 
does your girl pin or does she have set up and tell one to pin for your account? Oh my gosh. When I go in there, there, there's so many in the queue yeah. that I think that it just depends on how much I'm adding to it and how much she's adding to it. Mm. But I, it, she staggers it. I would say that I see that probably about five different times a day. We, I, I see like pins going up typically. Um, but that's but not five pins a day. I mean, that's like five different times that you're probably doing. Yeah, like a different batch is going out. Yeah, five, six, seven pins. Totally. Mm-hmm. Which Tailwind now has a Instagram counterpart. I don't know if you're aware of that. I am. Uh, and you know what? I haven't really dived into it yet. I dabbled a little bit. Okay. And just, you didn't like it. I didn't love it because I just, I like to be able to open uh, Instagram myself and update the hashtags and search them while I'm doing them. And like, yeah, that's what I, I do too. I, yeah. I just, I don't really like to take that outside of that particular platform. So for me, it's not something that I loved, but Tailwind for me for Pinterest is just like hands down amazing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Any other tips about Pinterest or anything that maybe we didn't cover? You know, um, I, I, one thing that I personally have found, um, recently is joining bloggers groups on Pinterest mm. and blogging and, and doing, um, shared blog pins or shared pins with bloggers where you're kind of like pumping each other's content out. I think that that's really smart because it just helps you grow. It helps you get more eyeballs on your content. Um, and you can, you could do that even by reaching out to a blogger that's kind of like in your following range, whether that is on Pinterest itself, or maybe that's on Instagram or whatever and say, Hey, I'm going to start a Pinterest group with bloggers. We all get in there and we all just pin each other's stuff. I just feel like that's just a very natural and organic way to reach each other's audiences. And it's just smart. Yeah. Those are great. The, um, what are they called? The, like the group, group, group boards or is it engagement group? Or are you talking about the group boards? Uh, I don't actually know what you would call it. I would, in my mind, I call it an engagement group, but I've never heard it called something before. Cause I just always see that I'm involved in, in one. And it's just like a, a pin with, or a, like a Pinterest board, with a board with members. like a bunch of other people. Yeah. I think those are yeah. called like group, group boards. Group board, yeah. yeah. It's and kind I, of like an engagement group when you think about the kinda, Yeah. 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 They're really good. I mean, I joined a bunch of them too. And some of my pins that have the most followers, followers are from not followers, but repins are from, you know, group boards and stuff. So, totally. um, yeah, so that's a, that's a great tip. All right. So, um, okay. So then we talked about Pinterest and the one thing that I always ask people too is, you know, is there something that you've struggled with? Well, actually, you know, we didn't even get into, um, well, I'll probably change around your interview a little bit because mm-hmm. we, we talked so it's much. because of me. I go on tangents. Oh, no, I'm but sorry. it's good. It's good. I mean, then, you know, it's it's really great. So so then let's talk a little bit about your YouTube. So then you okay. have this, this uh, blog that did really well and you got, you know, recognized by Pop Sugar and all that stuff. And then yeah. around that same time, you started your YouTube channel. So why, yeah. why YouTube? Why not just stick with blogging? Um, I did not want to do YouTube. Let me clarify that. But I kept having my followers kept asking me because I kept doing beauty posts on my on my blog and like showing photos like after or like swatches or whatever. They're like, why don't you just do a YouTube video so you can show us? And my husband being an actor was like itching to like get behind the camera and like get to produce something. So he was like, let's try this. It was horrible. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I was horrible really? at first. I was. I am not a natural born like get get in front of the camera and know what to say. It took me a very, very, very long time to get comfortable in front of the camera. Um, 
I would talk very lightly. <laughs> he really? would stop rolling and he'd be like, you need to use your normal voice. Like, just talk normal. Just act who, just be who you are. And I just, and then the camera would roll and I'd go back to talking like this. Oh my and God. It's just so ridiculous because I was so nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea like what I was getting into. And I had, didn't even know if I was going to like make it a thing, you know? So I just did it because people kept asking me to do it. And mm. then I got great response from it, which I don't even know why when I go back and watch those videos. I'm like, why would anybody want to watch me? I was painful. <laughs> and then my husband loved it because he got to, it got, he got a chance to like get to do the production stuff mm-hmm. for once. He's always the actor. And so we just, another, another thing that we just have totally tag teamed on and done all of our videos together. And it's just been a fun, just, it's our baby. We call it our baby. Hello, gorgeous. You know, like the videos, the photos, everything. And, um, it's just kind of taken off from there. And now I, I do one video a week, um, unless I miss one, which sometimes it happens with all yeah. of our crazy travel, but we upload one video a week and our primary uh, focus is beauty, but I do do a little bit of fashions and, and lifestyle here and there. But, um, it's just, it's becomes another platform that I really love. I think that, um, the one thing that I do want to say to anybody who's listening, who's like perhaps trying to figure out like, do I want to be a blogger? Do I want to be a YouTuber? Do I want to be a, cause I feel like another big thing right now is Instagram bloggers where they just blog on Instagram and have no real platform. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say like, don't put your eggs in one basket because we don't know how long Instagram is going to be there. And I feel like people just like put all of their, <sighs> their entire, um, life's work into Instagram. And it's like, look at Vine, look what happened with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just don't do that. Make sure that you're, that you're diversifying yourself and posting to other platforms. So just a little, a little preach there from me. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, because not only like say Instagram does, you know, stay around for a while. It doesn't, they're still making all these changes with like the algorithm and stuff like yes. that. And they're turning more into Facebook, which is like, you know, cause they're owned by Facebook is a pay pay to play basically, you know, mm-hmm. so suppressing organic reach and promoting yes. paid reach and, you know, Instagram might still be there, but it, it, a lot of things are changing with it. And it's so getting watered of, down. Yeah. It's getting watered down big time. And a lot of people are, are hurting because of the algorithm change. Mm-hmm. And you're hundred percent right. I mean, you do hear a lot, you know, have a website. That's the only thing you're own. Yeah. You own, you own and your a content. newsletter. And, yeah. And a, an email list and a newsletter. And, um, that's great. But Beyond that, if you, if say you, you just like, oh, I, I, the thought of creating a website and, you know, trying to get people on a newsletter and what am I going to send them and blah, blah, blah. Well, then just like, just diversify your platforms. Don't be on like one and you have to be on like at least two or three. Yeah. I think it's so important because just because Pinterest or Instagram is king today doesn't mean that it will be even like fourth tier down tomorrow. Yeah. Like, there's just new platforms that come out all the time and you don't know what's going to take off. I think YouTube personally, I think YouTube will always be around. Yeah. Um, and I also think that Facebook's always going to be around. There's yeah. just too many people on Facebook and Facebook is like Pinterest. It's so underused by bloggers. I see bloggers constantly who have, you know, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers. And then you go to their Facebook page and they've got a few hundred, maybe a few thousand likes. And it's just like, what are you doing here? This is so crazy to me that you're not utilizing the space. It's just like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I have a very, 
I put a lot of time into my Facebook page. I have a, 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 a series that I do every day. It's called five o'clock funnies. So five o'clock on the East coast, I have a funny little meme or photo that goes up and it's just something that I've cultivated with only my Facebook following. And mm. I just feel like it's really important to have different things that you do on different platforms because a lot of times those followers don't translate and they don't want to go outside of their platform. And Facebookers don't want to leave Facebook. YouTubers don't want to leave YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube. Like, so I just think it's really important to not put your eggs in just one basket. Totally, totally. Um, so how how do you use Facebook? Let's talk a little bit about Facebook and and how you use it and, you know, how you think people can kind of u- utilize it more. Oh my gosh, Facebook is so important. Um, so Facebook, first of all, is it owns Instagram. So I've yeah. personally tested the theory of everyone's like, don't ever uh, share something from Instagram to Facebook, always organically post it to both. That is a lie from what I have personally, I have researched this myself and tested it. When I post a photo to Facebook, straight to Facebook, and then post it to Instagram, my engagement is way lower on that photo than if I would have just shared it directly from Instagram. And I'll tell you why that is. Because Instagram is owned by Facebook and Facebook sees that you're sharing something from Instagram. And so it's going to reward you by pushing that photo up to the top because you're using one of its, one of its, um, other products. Yes. So that one I have, I have tested and tested that. And every time hands down, when I post a photo from Instagram, it does way better than if I would have posted that photo natively to, to Facebook. Okay, wait, let's go back. So you said that you post in Facebook. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you, you post in Instagram. Yeah. And, and then I share it. Cause you know how like on the bottom of your Instagram, when you, before you click go live or share mm-hmm. at the bottom, you can say Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, whatever. And it will share it to those platforms directly from Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, do I know that? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, um, it no, does where, where I'm looking at it right now. I'm in. So go, so like, you know, create a mimic. Yeah post That's and like where you got your caption. And then at the bottom, this should say Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, like the different platforms that you can share it to. Is that if you're a, a business account or regular account? No, even personal. But if you've never connected your accounts, then that might be why oh, you don't see, I it, see there. it. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I think I've never connected my accounts. It's so important in my opinion, because I have tested it out and it really does work. Um, Another thing. Okay. So you post, okay. So you post an Instagram and then you go down and yeah, I see it. Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr. And Mm -hmm. you basically automatically, automatically you'll just post that photo from Instagram into Facebook. Yep. It'll share it directly to your Facebook page. And that's it. Yep. That's it. And And you will see so much more engagement on that Instagram. Instagram than you would if you posted that photo natively, in my opinion, in my research and testing it out for myself, I have. So so you would see more engagement on that photo in Instagram if you no, also- No, in sh- Facebook. In Facebook. Okay, what about an Instagram? Does it affect your Instagram or no? I've not seen it affect Instagram. I think Instagram mm-hmm. is its own monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the algorithms are such a mess. They're yeah. such a freaking train wreck. I don't even want to talk about Instagram because it changes daily. It's yeah. so irritating. But Facebook pretty much stays the same, in my opinion. Oh, okay. And I just feel like it's so underused. Yeah, it is because I think a lot of people got burned because I think people were building uh, fan pages. And then when they kind of did the same thing that they're now doing with Instagram, people saw their engagement 
drop like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I think people got burned. I thought people got over it. And then, and then also, I mean, this is just my my experience working, you know, with Facebook and people is that Facebook is turning so much into like so many ads and you see a lot mm-hmm. of ads and then you see a lot of like, now they're trying to push video and like, it's like, ugh, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I personally, I don't like seeing all the video on Facebook. If I want to see video, I'll go to YouTube. I hate seeing all these dumb, whatever videos that people share. That's like yeah. my personal thing. I hate that. So I think some but- people get burned and turned off by Facebook. So they're like, totally. And so they're not coming back, but maybe like you're saying, maybe they should be. But well, let, but let me say this, take a step back for a second and think about Facebook and think about who your friends are in middle America, who your parents, your grandparents, they're nowhere but Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're only on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So there's an audience there on Facebook that you're not going to get anywhere, anywhere else. else. Yep. Yeah. And it's just so important. And I just feel like so many bloggers forget about that. And they think, oh, my, my follower, my perfect follower is only on Instagram. And I just think that that's so inaccurate because your average person who's on Instagram is also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there's, I have so many friends, so many friends back home who are only on Facebook and don't care a thing in the world about Instagram. And they are exactly the demographic that would be listening to probably your podcast or mm-hmm. listen, watching YouTube or reading a reading blog. blog. They just don't care about Instagram. Yeah. They, especially a lot of my friends have left Instagram because they don't like that when they log in, they can't see things in chronological chronological order anymore. Yeah. And they're being forced to look at ads and they're being forced to look at things that they don't even care to see anymore. So but it's the same in Facebook. Facebook too, though. Facebook, I feel like you can um, hide stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You can hide what people, you can yeah. like unfollow someone yep. without having to un, wait, you can unfollow without having to, un, I don't say that. Yeah, you can unfollow them, unfriending them. Unfriending them. Yes. And I wish I could do that in Instagram. Honestly, that would be so nice. It would be I nice. Know. Yeah, because there's some people that I I'm close with and that I'm friends with, but like they post a million times a day, and I'm like purposely yep. not trying to like any of their photos. Or they talk politics, and you're like, <sighs> I'm not here to talk politics. Yeah, like, I just want to look at pretty care. photos in Instagram. You know? Yeah, and I do that all the time. Yeah. Well, you- Facebook gave, gives the new option now, which I love, is that you can just see less from that person. You don't have yeah. to hide them completely, but you can just see less. And I'm like, that is awesome that I don't have to see every single thing that they post 10 times a day, but I can just see them every once in a while. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. Facebook doesn't give you those options. And so I think that that's why people just, you know, people who are not industry related, you know, in the blogging space or YouTube space, they're on Facebook. And that's, and I see so many YouTube videos get shared on Facebook. Oh my gosh. I see them circle and go viral and it's insane. And I just, I just think that people just don't use it enough or not in our world. They just don't use it enough in our world. So, so what do you do? So you, you post your photo on Instagram, you push it to Facebook, but what Mm -hmm. else do you do with Facebook? Once I push it to Facebook, I then go and I edit it. I edit it because I don't need Facebook in Facebook because I don't need a whole onslaught of hashtags on there. Mm, So I just get rid of my hashtags. I leave a maximum of three on Facebook. That's it. No more, no less. And I change the handles. So if I'm tagging somebody on Instagram, that handle is not going to run over to Facebook. So I change it on Facebook so that it's interactive. Um, I'll, I'll tag the photo, what I'm wearing. If I'm doing like to know it, like a reward mm-hmm. style, like outfit, I'll update it so that it doesn't send the Facebook link to like to know it. I th- instead send it to my, my actual blog 
because you can actually click in the, the caption. Yeah. So I edit it so that that photo makes sense for Facebook. Because if you're coming directly from Instagram, it's not going to make sense for for Facebook. It's going to be in Instagram lingo. Yeah. So I edit it immediately. And then sometimes I'll boost it. I'm a big person about like the sponsored stuff. And I don't know, maybe that's a no-no. But like I have personally found that Facebook ads are so smart when they're used strategically and it just, I've grown my audience by doing that because I've been able to reach people who I would not have been able to reach otherwise because Facebook, well, Instagram, we're running into it with Instagram. They're hiding our stuff. They're making it impossible. So I'll boost stuff strategically sometimes when I know that I need to get something out or like, I know that this is a really brilliant post and I've did this really heartfelt post about endometriosis and I want to reach other women with endometriosis and I'll target women with other that you know, search endometriosis or women's health or whatever, and I'll get it in front of them as well. And are you posting this on like your personal page or is this your fan page? My, my hello gorgeous Facebook page, my okay. public one. So you're, so you're able to basically from Instagram pu- uh, push your, uh, Instagram photo into your, uh, your fan page basically. Oh yeah. You can connect it directly. Yeah. Okay. And so, so for somebody listening, right, who's a blogger or maybe a YouTuber and they haven't really capitalized on Facebook, what as just a basic fundamental, what should they be doing with every post? Oh, well, first of all, I I would say make sure that you're using pretty photography. I feel like that's so important. Like use a, a a photo that's going to capture somebody's attention. But I, I think that my best piece of advice for any platform, especially Facebook, is use a good caption. Like do something that's going to capture somebody's attention. Like you got their attention with the with the photo. Now make sure you keep it with your caption. Like maybe you're not the best writer in the world, but find a way to be clever with it. Find a way to, I don't know, maybe add a little riddle in there or a little, a little funny haha, you know, quick little one-liner joke of, you know, poking fun at something that you're wearing or something, I don't know, whatever it may be, or talking about like, you're wearing these great shoes, and it's hashtag Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, or just find a way to get to grab their attention and keep them there. Because if they see something that they love, that's going to up your chance that they're going to like your Facebook page, or like your mm-hmm. photo and keep coming back. So how are people finding you in Facebook, though? Facebook, you know, it's been a very slow very slow. Mm-hmm. But I think that what happens is that the, the, when you post something that's captivating, your ultimate goal from well, my ultimate goal when I'm on Facebook is to get shares. shares. Yeah. Yes. Because that okay. is how you pick up new, new followers. Mm. So I'm really big about sharing things that I think are funny. Like that's my whole five o'clock funny thing that I, I told, just talked about a minute ago mm-hmm. that I do five o'clock funnies every day two o'clock West coast. So it's five o'clock East coast. And I get a lot of shares on those on certain days. And I think that that's a a lot of why I've, I've been able to pick up some followers recently. Mm -hmm. Um, also I've, I, um, I feel like I, I tag brands on there and brands will sometimes share you, you know, like if it's an organic, like, Hey, I'm wearing, I don't know, like this brand of jeans and I tag them and they're a a brand that like wants to share your stuff. And then they turn around and post the photo and, and tag you back automatically you're going to get some more eyeballs on your, mm-hmm. on your Facebook page. So with Facebook, the way to grow is by getting shares. I think so personally. Yeah. I, I don't really know 
other yeah. than that, I mean, yeah. I would think that that's the best way. That's yeah. what, that's personally how I've found the best way. And that's what I was wondering. I'm like, well, how are, how are you able to grow in Facebook other than paying for ads? The way to grow is to just get shares organically, basically. Which is kind of like Pinterest. I mean, you grow mm-hmm. on Pinterest because people are pinning your pins. And they're you sharing grow on Facebook it. by sharing your posts. It's the same, it's the same concept. And you you find that those the square size images from Instagram work well on Facebook? Honestly, I don't really notice that any type of size of image on Facebook doesn't need anything different. Mm-hmm. I think that doesn't really matter. I think as long as it's a beautiful image, that's all that really matters. Something that's going to captivate you. Something that's going to, as you're scrolling through the page, stop and make you look at it. And so what do you do about your videos with Facebook? Do you share your videos mm-hmm. in Facebook? I do. Every YouTube video, I share it directly to my Facebook page. And I try to caption it in a way that's going to grab somebody's attention and make them want to share it. I mean, the number one way, in my opinion, to get somebody to share your information is, or your, uh, your post is by giving them information, something that's valuable to them, mm-hmm. because they're going to be able to take something away from it. And if they feel like somebody that they know can take something away from it, then they're either A, going to share it, or they're going to be tag their friend in the comment section, which is just as valuable as a share when you think about it, because it's mm-hmm. still bringing somebody new to your page. Totally. And so are you sharing, how are you sharing it within Facebook? Are you embedding it directly into Facebook or are you just sharing the link or how are you, how are you sharing your video content within Facebook? So I share the link. So it, the video is on Facebook, but it, it's still YouTube. So you're copying and pasting the link. Exactly. Because I don't want to lose those views on YouTube. That doesn't make sense for me to do. And I've never done that before. So, um, I just copy the link and then the video shows up on my, my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And then that way when it's shared or when it's played, it's played within Facebook, but it's still being hosted by YouTube. So you're still getting those views. Yeah. Cause I've heard mixed things about that. I've heard that like Facebook is really rewarding. Like, um, you know, when you're actually uploaded directly into Facebook, but like, why would you want to split your audience? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me either. And so I'm, cause I've heard that with Facebook, like they really do promote videos and promote videos, but are they only promoting videos that are uploaded within Facebook and then not really? Doing I would have to links? assume so because yeah, why would, would they promote a link? Yeah. That's exactly. going to take you outside of them. They don't, Facebook doesn't want you to move they're away from Facebook. outside of Facebook, which yeah. that's why I feel like they, they reward you for bringing Instagram, Instagram. to Facebook, Facebook, because mm-hmm. it's like you are further promoting their product. So I think that that's why they give you that kickback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really, these are really, really good tips with Facebook. Any other good Facebook tips? <sighs> I, I personally love Facebook live. I, I think that you have to have, you have to be verified, I believe, or have a Facebook, um, is it a business page? I don't even, I can't keep the two straight between that and Instagram because they're so similar, Mm -hmm. but I personally like doing Facebook lives over Instagram lives because Instagram lives go away. Um, Now Instagram lives stay up for a day, which is nice, Mm -hmm. but Facebook lives stay on your page for as long as you leave them there, unless you delete them. And I love that because you just, it's, it's like you're creating a video like in, you know, like in on a whim and it's, sometimes your most fun videos because they're not, there's no agenda. There's no scripting. There's nothing. Yeah. And you're engaging with your audience because they're able to communicate with you in real time. And they're there to say, if you want them to, if something happens and you want it down, like you get a bunch of negative comments, then obviously you can delete it. Mm -hmm. I just think that that's such a cool thing. And I would have to imagine that Facebook's going to reward people for using that feature because it's still so new. Yeah. How often do you go in there and do something live? (sighs) Well, my husband and I just did one yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. are we on his or mine? 
I can't, I think we were on his and then we did Instagram live at the same time on my account. We were trying to tag team it to hit two different platforms at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I feel like we did, uh, we, we had, we saw better engagement on Facebook than we did Instagram, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but ideally I would like to do one once a week. I don't get around to doing that once a week, but I would like to, because I just think that they're so fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know the Facebook Live, they're, they're love, Facebook loves people that utilize that. I would have to imagine that they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything, like you said, and the YouTube is the same way, but anything that keeps people on the platform, and if you're doing something to help that, they're going to reward you for it. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I've actually never used um, YouTube Live before, so I don't have any experience with that one, mm-hmm. but I probably should. But even just generally speaking, YouTube, when it comes to like, they're, you know, having videos on YouTube. Oh, totally. And them going through your playlist or like you starting a session and maybe they spend two hours on YouTube. But even if they're not watching all your videos, if you started that session, YouTube's going to reward you. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's yeah. what they all, they all have their own kickback system of sorts. It's just a matter of figuring out what they are. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> hidden secrets and like trying to figure it out and it's codes and uh, it's, it, I just wish that they would all make it so easy for us, but they don't. So you just got to figure it out. You do. You have to figure it out. Like you said, like the Instagram right now, the Instagram algorithm is it's kind, of, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, are you finding, are you, are you putting time into Instagram these days or are you just kind of uploading a photo? And, and I mean, what, what's your approach right now with Instagram? Yeah, I, I do put a lot of time into Instagram because I, it's, it's my, heaviest followed platform, which is a shame that that's the case because Mm -hmm. it's also our most frustrating platform because it just changes constantly. And there just doesn't seem to be a way to stay on top of it. But yet every one of us, I feel like just keeps trying to figure the the thing out. It's just Mm -hmm. like, what in the world is going on? Um, I use a tool called people map. Um, I love people map. I think it's amazing. Um, it helps me to look at my engagement. It gives me my engagement rate. It helps me to do all kinds of amazing, amazing stuff. And if there's, um, there's just so many um, opportunities to engage with people through People Map on your computer, like quickly, and not have to open the app on your phone. It um, allows you to build engagement groups that you can engage with and pull numbers from other people who are in your demographic. So, for instance, if there's a blogger that you feel like you have a similar following to, and you feel like their engagement's really good. You can, you can actually search their, search their stats through people map to, um, Mm. see who their most engaged followers are and then engage with them so that you can see, you know, like, am I a good match for them? Are they going to come over and follow, follow me if I engage with them? It's so interesting. And I just Mm. think that it's a really, really cool tool. So that's my favorite way to really mess around with Instagram lately. I've heard of people map, but I've heard it's something like, is it something that you utilize yourself or do you have somebody that helps you with, with using people map? Uh, well, it's something you utilize yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a paid, a paid subscription service, but it's not, it's not like Instagram or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's not any of that. You kind of have to put work into it. Honestly. Yeah. I, I'm not into the automated liking services and all that junk. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it's, it's manual. You have to do it yourself. I mean, obviously if you have a virtual assistant, they can get on there and do it for you. Um, or an assistant or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's something that you do yourself. It's not something that you like subscribe to and then they do the work for you. It's just a platform that you use. You use it. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked into it, but I did find that 
for from what I found, it's like a situation where if you're able to like have a virtual assistant or somebody help you with it, because it's, there's so many tools that like to really utilize it, mm-hmm. it you would need to spend like a considerable amount of time. Well, once you learn how to do it. So the really cool thing is that um, I actually did a coaching session with the um, creator of it. Her name is Puno. Mm-hmm. And um, she sits down with you on a, on a Skype session for an hour. And she explains to you exactly what it is and how to use it. And that was just like game changing because it was like, cool. Okay, now I know what I'm doing and I know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then if you could literally take an hour a day, you know, ideally an hour in the morning, and an hour in a night, but like you could even separate it to like a half hour in the morning and a half hour at night where you're just organically engaging with people, you know, an hour a day, you're going to see a change in your numbers and you're going to see a change in your engagement. And it's just like, it's really incredible because you can track all of that and see it for yourself and see what that investment does for you. Because like, I don't know about you, but I'm going to sit there and scroll on my phone for probably at least an hour a day anyways, throughout the course of the day. So why not use it in my opinion in a way that's going to be beneficial to me and my growth. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll link people map if anybody wants to check it out in the, uh, show notes section. I mean, I imagine for you being a blogger, like Instagram is like so huge. I mean, oh, yeah, it's like sure. such, I feel like other than the blog itself, your website, I feel like Instagram for bloggers is like that the number one platform that everybody's still using. And I honestly, I feel like YouTubers use it a lot. Yeah, they do. They really do. So it's beneficial for them as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, every YouTuber that I talk to, I mean, they're on Instagram and some are on it. And, you know, that's, you know, they have some followers and they don't spend a lot of time on it, but other ones like spend a ton of time on it. Mm -hmm. But I have heard, and maybe you have some insight into this, that it's somewhat difficult to funnel your Instagram traffic and your audience over to YouTube. I, I personally feel like it's difficult to funnel your traffic from one platform to another platform, period. Yeah. I just do. I think that people are generally lazy and I'm putting myself in that group. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's going to take a lot from me for me to read that somebody's got a blog post and for me to have to go get out of Instagram, go to Google, type in their blog and then go read their posts. Like I've got to really be interested in order to do it. But I do feel like Instagram stories is changing that so much because that swipe up option. And then all of a sudden you're to YouTube. I mean, like done. So, but that's if you have a business account though. Uh, is that, yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think you have to, but there is no platform to have a business account for that though. Like they're not platform. Um, no, uh, like cut off, like you don't have to have X amount of followers to now. No, anyone can do a business account. But the only yeah. thing is I, I have heard that people find that if you have a business account, actually that your engagement's lower, um, that you you get shared less, or not shared, but um, that it's different. harder to be seen. And that if you stay <sighs> a non-business account, that you're less likely to be shadow banned, that you get shared more, that your followers will see you more. And so... Um, it's I've, a catch-22 no matter what you do, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to... I have um, one girlfriend um, in particular I'm thinking of right now who's a blogger who did the personal, then she went to business and she went back to personal mm-hmm. and like just, you know, just putzed around a little bit with each one to see what the difference was. And she didn't see a difference in her engagement, whether personal or business. So maybe that's what, you know, if, if I were in that position, I would kind of do that too. I personally yeah. feel like it's 
it's not enough of a difference in my engagement to change it back to personal. Yeah, I've I've heard because it's all anecdotal, and I've heard the same thing the other direction. I've heard people that had a business. Uh, they had a personal, they changed it to business and then it went way down, went back to personal and went way back up. So yeah, I, it's like, it's so anecdotal. I've heard so many different things and you're just like, Oh my God, I don't know what I mean. Like everything changes constantly. Mm -hmm. I will say something about shadow banning though, because, um, I remember when that whole thing came out about shadow banning Mm -hmm. and you could go and put your, um, links to your photos in and see which ones were shadow banned, which photos, like every single one of mine was. And I figured out for me, what was causing me to get shadow banned is because I was doing the, here's my caption, then here's my first comment. And it's all these hashtags. Yep. I quit doing that. And I just put all my hashtags in my caption, but just at the bottom of it, like way down. And now I don't get shadow banned at all. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that out like way at the beginning or someone told me and you don't do it in the comments. You don't do the hashtag nope. in the comments. You mm-hmm. do the hashtags in the caption. And, um, or none at all. Or no hashtags at all. Yeah. Or none <laughs> at all. Because do you really, do? I I do hashtags. I really do. But I sometimes wonder, like, do these really work? I don't know. What's the what's the then? How is it that, that people? How is it that people would find you if you don't discover do any hashtags? Page. Yeah, the discover page is the only thing I can figure out. Like, but you have to get a lot. I mean, to be on the discover page, you have to get a lot of engagement. Yeah, like, you do a lot. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. at least with the hashtags, you have the chance of being like the top nine. Well, I think that with the Discover page, it's relative. It doesn't have to be a lot of engagement and that you're getting thousands of hits. It's a lot of engagement relative to what your following is. Mm -hmm. Because like when I get on the Discover page, a lot of times there'll be photos on there and I'll be like, you know, I'll just click on it and I'll be like, who is this person? And they'll have like 500 followers and I'll be like, okay. So they just got high engagement for this photo. They're not a blogger. They're not a business. They're not anyone. This is just a normal account. Mm -hmm. But because they got high engagement on that photo, it popped them to the discover page. So it's really interesting to see how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like, like we said, like Instagram's tough. Like the only real way to get discovered is hashtags or to be a lucky person, end up on the discover page and, and, or get, or get regrammed. By a brand. I've gotten regrammed a lot throughout the course of when I say a lot, like it seems like a lot to me. Like mm-hmm. another person might look at me and be like, you're crazy. But I've been posted by like Huda Beauty and like ASOS and Forever 21 and like all of the big makeup accounts at various times. Mm-hmm. And the it, it's been quite disappointing in the lack of of following that I would pick up from the being those regrams. Yeah. There have been times where I would pick up a, a solid chunk of like a couple hundred to maybe a couple thousand followers. I was like, awesome. That I hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Like, and those were usually somebody like Huda Beauty, but then I'll get posts. I've gotten posted by like Forever 21 or ASOS. And literally I've seen no change in my following at all. And we're talking like millions and millions of followers to these yeah, accounts. That's crazy. It's like, I don't even know if that's like, should be your ultimate goal anymore either, because it's just, I don't know. It's Instagram just is nuts. Like I just, yeah. I wish I could figure it out and I wish I could like bottle Put it, it all in paper. Yeah. I know. I, that's the problem is then we can figure it out. And the problem too, is I think this is, this is part of the problem with, with Instagram too, is that I think people really love the platform and the idea of it. So people are reluctant to leave. Like I, people love the idea and concept of looking at beautiful photos and having this curated list of people that you follow. But the, I, I just feel like Instagram or Facebook is doing everything it can to make it like a crappy platform. <laughs> and they really are. They're fighting yeah. themselves. Yeah. And I mean, they obviously have some kind of 
end game or goal with this. But the thing is, it started off as an incredible platform. It's beautiful. People love it. It's perfect for bloggers, perfect for beauty, perfect for YouTubers. And so that's, but, and so in spite of all these awful changes, people still aren't, people are still doing it. People are still posting, still in there because they just, they just like the platform. But I wonder if at some point people are just going to get over it or there's going to be something else that's going to open up that's going to be better. Or so, um, mm-hmm. their, I, their end game or their goal is they're a business and they want to earn money of and course. they're trying to get us to, to sponsor hey. our posts. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. I will show, I will tell you this, what happened to me last week. And it was just like such an eye opening like experience with Instagram. I posted a photo. Um, it was right after we announced that we were pregnant and it was a maternity. It was a photo. It was like a prenatal not prenatal, what it's not quite maternity either. Cause I was only like three and a half months pregnant, but it was like one of the announcement photos mm-hmm. and it was really, it was a really beautiful shot, like lighting and everything like that. And I was getting incredible engagement. I hashtagged it like, like crazy at the bottom and immediately a big account picked it up and regrammed it called, it was, um, at maternity, which I'd never even heard of them before because I'm mm. so new to the whole pregnancy space right now. Mm. Um, so they posted it. And when they did, I started clicking around and like looking at different accounts and I saw like different hashtags. So I went in, I edited the photo, the caption, and I added a couple more hashtags. But before I did that, I clicked on the different hashtags that were on my photo and I was on the top nine, you know, how the, those mm-hmm. top posts for basically every hashtag that I use. I was on top post, top post, top post. I was like, this is awesome. This is going to like really help Boost. to like get me out there. Mm-hmm. I edited it. I added a couple of um, Instagram or a couple of different hashtags. I went back, clicked on every single hashtag. I had been removed from the top post. Instagram saw it that I was trying to cheat the system, essentially. And somebody told me this before, but I never tested it before. They said, never, ever, ever edit your caption or edit your photo after you post because Instagram sees it that you were trying to cheat the system and they will take you down from every hashtag board from like the top post and the discover page and you're no longer, you know, no discoverable. Hey, I, I haven't gone. Whoa. I was so irritated because I was like, you know, like on average, I, I would get like, I don't even know between like maybe like three to like 6,000 likes per photo. This photo was like tracking. Like I had already had like over 10,000 likes and I was like, this is awesome. I'm top post. I'm going to keep growing. And then it was gone. It was down just because I I edited the caption. That's literally all I did. I added, I think, two hashtags. Totally down. It was so weird. Wow. So not even any part of like your post. Don't don't go in there. Don't change it. Don't edit it. Don't mess with it. If you're going to mess with it, take it down and repost it because you have just lost your chance to be on the Discover page. You're gone. Or on the top I think nine. That is incredible. Yeah, you don't know what else it, it's it's punishing you for. It might not it'll just give you low engagement and not let any of your followers see it. It's still one of my most engaged photos mm. like of all time. Mm-hmm. But that's because it was tracking so well already. But yeah. um, that just It I also mean, might be like a really just awesome photo too. It's just it's just, just so irritating because now I don't know like how much more could it have garnered how many more regrams could it have gotten and like all of these things because instagram punished me for editing my stupid caption that's crazy that's that's crazy oh my gosh that's so that was like a very where did you hear that from that you know who told me that like one of my blogger friends told Mm. me that they had a um they had gone to i i've had multiple friends go in for personal like one on one sessions at instagram like at the instagram headquarters mm-hmm. and they'll and um they've like learned different things and they've shared tips with me and one of the girls that I know 
I believe this is where I got it from, told me that they were coached to never edit a photo once you post it on Instagram, period. Just don't ever edit it. Like if there's a mistake, just leave it until it's been up for like a day or two and like it's already, you know, cycled through like, or take it down and then repost it. Because like once you edit it, you're, you you know, like Instagram is not going to pump it out anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, those are some really good tips. And um, (laughs) yeah, you, I mean, you, you gave some amazing tips, especially like social media wise with some of the other platforms that we don't usually talk as much about like Pinterest and Facebook um, and even Instagram. So, I mean, this has been really great. And um, I mean, I think we'll probably like wrap up the interview. Last thing I'll ask you though is, are there any, cause you seem pretty like in the up and up and all this, are there any other like really great like tools and things that you use that are just really essential for your platforms or the growth of your platforms or any of them individually? Um, I feel like the one I'm going to say you probably are already because you're so YouTube like knowledgeable with mm-hmm. all of your guests and everything, but it's vidIQ. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. IQ. I think it's such a game changer. It's helped me so much like figuring out how to tag my videos and how to title them. And I just think that's a really, really great tool to use for, for YouTube because I really, I didn't know anything about YouTube when I got into it. And then maybe about a year or a year and a half ago, I, I was introduced to vidIQ and I just feel like it's really helped me on the back end to, mm-hmm. to really do things properly because I was just oh, I was doing everything wrong on the back end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. I had mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. I mean, vidIQ is really good. And uh, TubeBuddy, which I talk a lot about here too, is is good. And I've not, I've not really dug into TubeBuddy. I've, I've dabbled a little bit. I need to get more familiar with it for sure. I mean, I think they both kind of do the same thing. So I think you just do, from my understanding, you just do one or the other. But um, kind of same thing with vidIQ. I haven't, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't spent a ton of time with it. Yeah. Um, I, I use more TubeBuddy a lot, but I mean, it's it, the the idea is that it's great to have some kind of a, a platform that helps you with tags and your titles and all that because mm-hmm. it is really important in YouTube. So important. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And I had no idea how important it was until I discovered it. And then I'm like, Oh, I've been doing this all wrong. Yeah, I know. And you're like, okay, back to the drawing board. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, all right, Angela. Well, you know, thank you so much for being on the show, on the podcast. You gave some incredible insight into all these different platforms and it was just great getting to know you and chatting with you. And why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can find you? Um, I know we talked about Facebook and Pinterest and you even have a new podcast. So just tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So my blog is AngelaLanter.com. So just spell my name, Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Lanter, L-A-N-T-E-R.com. And on social media, I'm Angela Lanter on everything, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I just kept it super consistent because it's too complicated otherwise. And then um, my husband and I just launched a new podcast It's called Hello Bump. And it's all about our journey into parenthood. And we're just taking it week by week and talking every week about the different symptoms and just our journey through pregnancy and just sharing all the good, bad, and ugly. That's so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. I'm in the middle of that. Well, I'm towards the end of that. So I, I hear you. <laughs> I love the idea. All right, Angela. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This has definitely been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you enjoyed it and you got something out of it, help me get the podcast to the top 10 podcasts for business, for marketing, and leave a review on iTunes, share it in your YouTube videos, on your Instagram, tag me, and I will make sure to return the love as well. I love hearing how this podcast is affecting you, helping you with your YouTube channel, changing your life. I get emails and comments from that all the time. So keep them coming. And if you are looking to improve your YouTube channel, start your YouTube channel, make sure you sign up for the waitlist at ericavier.net for slash bootcamp for my next bootcamp, which is going to be happening in 2019. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Thursday. Mwah.